coordination and sounds. View to stimulate around the eyes. Greatest and greatest wellness trends, treatments, and experience. Work back Magnesium is naturally found in foods like. This is the Well and Good podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Folks who haven't had sex or been in a relationship and are getting into their late 20s, 30s, and even 40s are bonding online and identifying themselves as late bloomers. Take a look at the late bloomer hashtag on TikTok, and as it currently stands, there are 156.3 million views and counting of people sharing their stories and providing support for their peers who find themselves in similar situations. I'm director of podcast Taylor Camille and host of this episode where we're taking a look at what it means to be a late bloomer and what it takes to evade all of the incessant, are you seeing anyone questions, all the demeaning, don't worry, just wait, your person will come and really practice self-love and ultimately be your own Valentine. We're in conversation with Tiff, Megan, and Becky, members of a late bloomer Facebook group founded by Kendra Okereke as a safe space for late bloomers to support each other and cheer one another on in their vulnerable journeys of finding the love, self-love, and relationships they desire. My name is Tiffany. I'm 41. And I identify as a late bloomer because I am part of the group of unicorns who have dated a lot but haven't had a long-term relationship as an adult, I should say. I mean, I had like, you know, a high school sweetheart and a college thing. But, you know, at 41, I can't say that I brought anyone home for Christmas. My name is Megan Judder and I am 43. I identify as a late bloomer because I've been on probably 
maybe 10 dates in my life. <laughs> um, I did not date it all in high school or in college and have never had a relationship. I have not even kissed a guy. So I am, I don't even know if you would call it unicorn status at this point. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'll go next and make Megan feel better. Um, I'm 31 and I am uh, pretty close to the same boat. Um, I consider myself a late bloomer, though that's an interesting term. I never used that term until very, very recently, mostly because I have never dated anyone, never been on a third date with anyone, you know, just never had any of those experiences, never dated anyone in high school, um, went to senior prom alone, you know, never had any of those experiences. And I was trying to figure it out when this got brought to my attention. I'm pretty sure my last date was in 2018, in May of 2018. So it's been a long time. Yeah. And it's interesting that you brought up the term, like you never heard of the term late bloomer before now. And we were talking about that internally too. Like late bloomer, you might think of like, I don't know, not necessarily related to relationships. So I wondered, that was one of my questions, like what other terms would you use to describe, you know, someone who's just slower on the path of dating and relationships? A spinster. A spinster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to win that award. There's like guys. a TV show and they're like, yeah, she's a spinster. She's 26. And you're like, oh, geez, passed that a long time ago. I know. Even on the a Facebook spinster. group, some of the ladies. Yeah. I know. They're like, I'm 22 and I've never been on a date. I'm like, girl, me neither. But then I, but I also sit there and I think, oh, wow, you know, I was also 22 saying, oh, I've never been on a date. And here I am <laughs> nine years later saying the, like the exact same thing. I mean, I've been on dates before, but I can make the same case that I made when I was 22. So who, who am I to say, oh, your time's coming. I mean, I don't know. I felt like it was never going to happen in my 20s. I'm so very glad it didn't because I was dumb. The things I know about myself now, like, I'm much happier. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I would have made some really bad decisions in my 20s. I think what's interesting hearing from you too, and then knowing about like being a part of the Facebook group is that I guess what makes me feel a little bit different in this situation is that I, I have had actually a lot of dating experience. I've dated a lot. And I I've been put myself out there. I've had a lot of experience in that way. Um, and I still have not had uh, a relationship. So it's it's interesting, you know, we're all kind of on a spectrum of, you know, never been kissed at 40 and virgin to 40 with lots of experience mm -hmm. with dating, but nothing past a second or third date, you know, and it just nothing ever stuck. That's kind of my experience, you know. Yeah, I'm really interested to hear your experience because I feel like that's also a part that's never talked about. There are people on there that in the in the Facebook group who will refer to themselves as late bloomers, and I'm assuming you're one of them, who have had a lot of dating experience, but that like true love that you hear about hasn't happened. And it's like, oh man, I've missed out. And I missed out of it for 40 years. And there's frustration on both sides. It's frustration mm -hmm. on having the experience and never getting anywhere and frustration from never having gotten any experience. And what is that like, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I, I understand. And it's tough on both sides. Not one is better than the other. It's both painful. I would like to now call myself a hopeful romantic versus a hopeless romantic. 
even though the negative part of me really wants to stay hopeless. But I've always been that girl from a young age that like dreamt about, you know, that person. And I never thought that at 41, I'd be single and living alone. Not that it's bad, right? But it's just an, a story that I never thought would mm -hmm. be mine. And um, I've always been so open. I'm a social butterfly. I go to the events. I meet people. I'm in an industry where you're meeting people all the time, new people all the time. My radar is always on. I'm on the apps. I'm, you know, putting myself out there. And so I think mm -hmm. which probably the other gals can resonate with is like, you can't help but think about, is there something wrong with me? Then you start negotiating in your mind within therapy, with friends and with, you know, your spiritual life, whatever of like, uh, am I self-sabotaging or is that, does that guy really just talk too much and it's not me, it's him. Like your brain is constantly trying to figure out, is this me or is this him? Is, it, is this fair that mm -hmm. I feel like he's taking the air out of the room or am I just looking for a red flag? It's a constant mental gymnastics trying to figure out what, what's the thing because there's so much shame attached to people who are 41 and not, and never been in a relationship. And so you can't help but have shame towards yourself because there's this, you know, negative connotation attached to people who haven't had relationships that something must be wrong with them. Especially in my dating life, the last guy I dated or went on a few dates with, he, he kind of like perked up a little bit and not in a good way when I said I haven't really had a long-term relationship. And so I had to explain that I'm a safe person that is not, is mm -hmm. mentally okay. And like, I'm deserving and valuable and, you know, but there is this like weird thing about, well, that's strange. Right. And it's an interesting stigma because I feel like, you know, people talk about numbers of partners. So like, it's like, if you have zero or if you have a multitude, like <laughs> these win. are both dangerous spaces. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's flag. like, well, you know, everyone is different. Everyone has different life experience. I do want to touch on that, you know, question of like, you start thinking about yourself. I mean, I think maybe something that you guys also have reflected on and, and experienced is just, you know, thinking about the cultural or like religious expectations that might have contributed to your approach to dating. And so I, you know, I want to take a second to talk about how that might have affected your outlook on relationships and partnerships. I'm definitely going to go there. I've been in a church pew since I was two weeks old. So <laughs> I was born and raised in church. Mm. Very much. Um, I went to an Assemblies of God church, grew up with the purity culture, had a purity ring, mm -hmm. signed the purity commitment <laughs> that I would not have sex until I was married. So that definitely has played into it. And the fact that I think in a traditional Christian culture, we talk about men and women getting married and that being the best thing for your life, that God has this person for you. So you grow up with this expectation that that is going to occur. When I was 40, I had a hysterectomy. And it hit my mom like a ton of bricks. She said, we teach little girls growing up that you're going to get married and have kids. We don't prepare yeah. you for anything else. 
which I was very grateful that I have a parent that was able to grasp that and have that foresight took her a while to get there. So that entire culture has definitely played into my singleness over the past two or three years. I definitely had a lot of religious deconstruction going on. I feel like my core values will always be there. I can't get rid of them. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, I'm a lot more open to things I never would have been in the past. And a lot of times I wonder if, if I had not been raised that way, where would I be now? I definitely wonder that regularly. Well, Megan, I can answer that question because I was not raised. I mean, my parents went to church, but I never did any of the purity culture. The only thing that I had was that my parents told me I couldn't go on a date until I was 16. And I remember thinking when I turned 16, wow, the boys are going to be lining up. And they were not. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have my first date until I was like 17, almost 17. And I was like, wow, I really built that up in my head. But I never had... My my parents were very open about sex and relationships and how to be safe. And there was never an expectation that like you had to wait till marriage. I was not raised that way. And maybe your personality is very different than mine. I don't know. I think mine was more of, I don't enjoy going to the bars. I don't enjoy a lot more like social things. I mean, I enjoy social things with people I know, but just like going out on the town. I don't know how else to phrase that without sounding like a seven-year-old. <laughs> it's not something I, I enjoy doing. So there's not really like a natural setting for me to culturally meet someone or just like out, out in public. And so because of that, I think I kind of, as soon as I left college, I lost the natural place to meet people. And so I've been struggling ever since to find that third space to really meet someone. I mean, you can think maybe it would have been different or you can end up like me and it wasn't different at all. <laughs> right. I've really learned because I've really like sat with myself over the last year and I've realized that regardless, I would not be someone that had casual sex. Mm. For me personally, I would have to have some type of commitment or strong connection in order for that to occur. And I also, I don't party. I rarely drink. And some of that has nothing to do with religion at this point. It's, I don't like it. It's just not me. So yeah, it's preference. Some of it is definitely my core needs as a human. I've realized when you take the church part of it and the way I was raised out of it. That's one of the my favorite things to say back to people if they're ever like, you're so pretty, you don't have a boyfriend. They're like, yeah, it must be more personality then. <laughs> right. Like, what else can you say? <laughs> I tell guys on these dating apps because I've had people tell me, and this conversation comes up a lot on the Late Bloomer Facebook page, to not tell guys that you don't have experience. However... Within 10 seconds of conversation, most guys want to know, when was your last relationship? How many guys have you dated? And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to half go in (laughs) either. I'm not going to give them a brush off answer that's just like, oh, well, I haven't dated a lot because 
this is me and the information's going to come out one way or the other. So to me, it's kind of like ripping off a Band-Aid. I just go for it. <laughs> but I don't know if I'm sabotaging myself like that, too. It's a very difficult conversation to have. Yeah. The other question I, I wanted to ask was, and this may vary, obviously, but how would you describe interactions with family and friends when it comes to your relationship status? Are they generally supportive, concerned, indifferent? And I think paired with this question, and we kind of touched on it briefly, is just like, what are the things that are frustrating to hear when it comes to external advice on on dating? I think for me, I think my family and friends have given up. <laughs> I think at this point, I'm like, unless I have something to tell you, don't ask me. <laughs> don't worry, you'll get the newsletter. It'll be in an email. It'll be on the nine o'clock <laughs> news. Everyone will figure it out. Every holiday that comes around or every family occasion, you know, it, mm -hmm. you know, do you have someone? I just saw my grandma the other day. So you have any news for me? Nope, grandma, not from two weeks ago. I absolutely do not have any news for you. You know, and God bless them. They just they just want to see me happy. And I and going back to your previous question, culturally, this is very unusual for my family. Very unusual to be 41 mm -hmm. and single. Like I grew up, you know, I have a very traditional family on my mom's side and everyone is married young. I mean, there has been divorce in my family, but traditionally everyone marries young and have babies. And by 30, you know, you're already all set. So I've kind of been the first one in the family to do the exact opposite of what everyone else has done. I think what's not helpful to hear is the whole, well, when you're not looking for it, it comes or if it'll happen, or why don't you go do things that you like doing and then you'll meet them mm -hmm. there. And, um, well, you know what, just pray about it and just see, you know, <laughs> you can tell people really just, they don't know the things to say, but it's not, I would rather someone just say, to me, it must be really hard to have to desire something so much and not be able to have to be successful in that way. That must be really hard. And that kind of makes me feel seen because mm -hmm. it's to be to be told, oh, when you're not looking for it, just go live your life and you just, you know, and it'll happen. I understand the intention. It just never helps. It never helps because it's like you have no idea the things that I have been through to heal and put myself out there and to, you know, be in therapy and sort things out and, and heal from trauma and, you know, figure out how I can be a better partner and a better friend and just be a better person in the world. And for someone to just casually say, oh, well, when you're not looking, it's like, you have no idea. You have no idea what's behind the scenes, you know? I will say when I was thinking about this podcast and this topic, I have three friends in my life that I have met for various reasons. One is my best friend from sophomore year of high school. One is a girl I've known for right. almost a decade and a half. And all three of them are also late bloomers. And we did not bond because of that. We bonded from other things. We're good friends because of other things. And so I'm so glad that this podcast is existing and that like people are talking about it on TikTok and it's it's a much more open conversation because I think there's more of us out there than we're aware of. And it's been really reassuring to like see that. So from a friend's perspective, a lot of my friends are honestly in the same boat that I am. And it's not like a weird thing. It's not something that like gets brought up often, or if it's brought up, 
people are like, oh my God, I, just, I really wish I was dating someone mm-hmm. right now. And like, I can relate to that. Um, so it's not them saying something that's like hurtful for me. It's us mutually feeling that. On my family side, my mom just wants me to be happy. I know that's what she wants. And she says everything with sincerity. It can be frustrating sometimes. You know, she was telling me a story about a family friend who met someone on the dating apps, which is how she says it, the dating apps. And um, they're supportive. I think they just want me to be happy. And it can be frustrating when you're the only one in your family who is alone and has been alone. I actually made a post in the late bloomers on the, on the Facebook page right over the holiday season. I had made it like eight days into the holiday season and not a single person had asked me about my relationship status. And I, I was so proud. I mean, mom's side of the family, dad's side of the family, family parties, book club party, not a single person had asked me. And on the very last <laughs> night at like the end of the evening, my uncle was like, so you've been on any dates lately? And I was like, I had made it the whole time <laughs> until that question. <laughs> and I was like, no, I haven't been on a date in a couple of years. And he was like, really? I'm like, yes, I believe me. I'm as shocked as you are. <laughs> but yeah, I had made it almost the entire Christmas vacation. That's impressive that though. Moment. Eight days. Wow. wow. I know. Well, I honestly, you got to think though, at a certain point, was it just because they knew the answer was no? You're like, well, they obviously don't see anyone with you. So we're just going to scare yeah. her. <laughs> she showed up alone. She showed up to every single event because she had no other events to go to. So <laughs> that's funny. I do not have a large extended <laughs> family. So I don't get a ton of questions. And my mom and I are very close. So we've had deep, in-depth conversations about it, what dating's like. She still doesn't quite understand how bad it is on the apps. I told her I'd get her a Tinder profile and see if she lasted even 24 hours. (laughs) But my family, I think they worry a little Mm -hmm. bit, my mom and dad, that... Mm. when they're not there to be part of my support system, what may happen. My brother never verbalizes anything, but apparently he and my sister-in-law tried to hook me up with one of his friends. So they've thought about it, even though they haven't said anything. The the most comments I get are from my little nieces because they want to be bridesmaids and I'm the only relative left that's not married. My nieces are obsessed with that. At this point, we're going to throw a fancy party and wear really cool dresses because that's all I can give you. At the same time, I've had conversations with them, even as little girls, seven and nine, that you don't have to get married. Sometimes Mm. it doesn't happen. But I try to live the fullest life that I can and embrace every opportunity that I have. I try to travel solo within my budget. I try to make a conscious choice and decision to be as happy in my singleness as I can So I think when others are looking at that, they realize that I have other things that are fulfilling Mm -hmm. me. So maybe that's why I don't get questioned about it as much. I know the ladies at my mom's church ask, 
why is Megan still single? It's always, she's so pretty. There's no way she's single. I do get that feedback, but I've kind of for good or for bad created a life where I don't need it. That may be why I don't get quite as many comments but I do know some people look at it as very unusual they're, and they're curious, and but they don't ask. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Something that came up as you guys were talking was dating apps. What has your experience been with dating apps? Do you feel like technology, especially thinking about the pandemic, made it easier or harder to meet people? Like what are what are their feelings? It made it harder. Um I my family was very strict about COVID. I had a sister-in-law who was pregnant during it, so we had to be like really responsible about who we were around. It was just, you know, hard. But the one guy that I have like even saw any potential with. Um, I met him at my best friend's 30th birthday party. I kissed him that night. He drove me home. It's fine. And then like a week later, I find out he's unvaccinated. And I kind of spiraled because it was the first time I had experienced that and meeting someone out kind of in public without the, the dating apps involved. And to find out that we had like fundamentally different values, I had unintentionally exposed myself was um, really frustrating and upsetting. And so I just kind of was like, absolutely not. But prior to that, the dating Mm -hmm. apps are horrendous. I don't know how people find people on those dating apps. I start out by feeling like the most shallow person in the world, because I will just immediately, if you have a photo that has a fish in it, that you're in a gym selfie, are you, there's no single photo where I can figure out which guy you are. Of the five friends you are. I'm like, I I genuinely cannot handle that. And then you get the messages and it's like, what are you doing? 
well, I am sitting on my couch, sir. I am not Texting doing anything. <laughs> my favorite was like, what bars are you going to tonight? I'm literally going to no bars. I am I am not leaving my house tonight. I don't know what to tell you. If that's your only, like, that's your first step. I'm sorry. Like, we're obviously not going to vibe here. I have not been on a dating app in a while. And my goal this year is to get back on them. We have not done that yet because I don't like any of the photos I've taken recently. And they're all with, like, the same two people. So I got to... <laughs> Get some new photos. Let me tell you something. If I had known that we were going to go into a pandemic January of 2020, I would have speed dated my butt off. January, all of January and all of February, I would have been out here in the streets trying to find someone to hook up with and get booed up with so that I could spend the next two years with someone, perhaps. Already I was having a hard time pre anything and then you add a a virus into it I was like if I had known I would have probably gone to a coffee shop every single day with a sign like please be my my person for the next two years of this pandemic already I was struggling with like I was like Tiff you have to go out meet people you're not gonna it's not gonna come like Amazon to your door like go out and meet people I was already struggling with that in 2019 so then if I had known what we know now, oh, I would have, the beginning of 2020 would have looked right. very different for me. Then, yeah, no, the apps, I mean, it, it got even worse with the pandemic because I was so afraid of meeting people in person for a good year and a half. And so it took me a really long time to, to, to get personally in a place where I felt okay. And even then I had some awkward dates where I'm like, uh, no hugs and no, you know, so strange. So add that into the whole thing. But then, you meet people who are like, we met, we were like pandemic uh, booze and we like booed up and we like met during the pandemic and we like quarantined together. And now we're like, now we're engaged. And I'm like, what? To answer your original question, you know, there's a lot of misery with online dating, but out of like, you know, the 20 or 30 likes or swipes or whatever, or, you know, there will be, it's like few and far in between, but I have met people off of it now did they go anywhere? No. Were they, were they successful? Nah, I had a couple dates here, a couple dates there with the same person, you know, but um, it's hard, mm-hmm. but this is where we're at now. And, but this is now motivating me so much more to, to put myself out there, say yes to the invitations. If I'm being invited to a book thing or a party thing or a live music thing, I am like, go, because that's how I really want to meet someone organically. You know, I can't default to this because it's so depressing and discouraging and it gets very it's like an revolving door it's like you go to those uh shops that have those revolving doors and you're just getting stuck in it you know and it's just it's instant gratification and yeah. it's just a lot of nonsense so i can't have the same conversation over and over again it drives me nuts like the it's draining we're not robots no. what's your favorite color what do you do for work and then you're scrolling back you're like wait have we already talked about this did i talk about it with someone else <laughs> I've been on and off dating apps for 20 years because they came out when I was in my 20s. One of my issues personally that I'm starting to get a complex with, I understand that I am a larger woman. I tend to like guys who are traditionally good looking, but I can vary from there. Beauty is definitely in the eye of the beholder, but... The only responses I get are from guys that look old enough to be my dad. I'm trying to 
be careful with how I'm saying this, but guys, I would not even close to being attracted to. And that I don't think the average woman would probably be attracted to either. So it's giving me a complex, quite frankly. I'm like, is this the only kind of guy that's attracted to me? And I feel like I have decent pictures up there. I try to show pictures of my whole body. And then a lot of the good looking guys I do, they very much fetishize larger women. So that can be difficult too. But that's honestly my biggest struggle with the apps right now because I can take the flakes. I know how to spot the scammers within the first message they send. Mm. I'm a pro at it and I like to mess with them at this point just because it's fun. Um, <laughs> they block you real quick. <laughs> but really that feeling completely undesired. Mm. But I'm like, am I really undesired? Or is it because I'm on these apps? I, I don't know. But yeah, the apps the apps are can be really rough on your self-esteem. I have thick skin from using them, but I'm still human and I still want to be desired by someone I find attractive as well. That's all I want. And that seems to be very, very difficult to find, at least for me. It's also challenging because a lot of these Guys, you always think like, maybe they just take bad photos. I feel like in person, they would be so much better or vice versa. Like, you know, a a photo is just, it's so jarring because you're like, I don't know what this person's energy is like. I wish it was all just video instead because it's like, it could be like a false representation if someone's just not a good, just, you know, not really great with photos or, but in person, they're like, wow, it's, you're just so amazing. You know, it is for sure. That's why, and I've told some of the girls in the late bloomer spots before too, I'm like, don't go on talking to these guys for two months and texting. Don't do it. If you're not meeting within a week. Now I understand if there is a distance or different schedules, but other than that, get yourself to a Starbucks because you will know immediately and you won't feel like you've wasted your time or theirs. That's my personal opinion. If I'm going to meet somebody, I just do it. So that way I know, because I don't want to get strung along or string somebody else along for that matter. Girl, you're, you're, you're better than me because I just do a video chat. You, you, you need to show me that it's worth putting on a bra. Okay. You need to show me that. Like I look when I, cause when I go out, you know, I do the things, I do the bra, I do the lipstick, I do the makeup, I do the things, I curl the hair, you know, I do the things. Let's just do a first round interview of through video chat. Let me just catch a vibe. And then if I see that you're totally, that you're okay, then we get to the Starbucks. You're better than me. I I don't even, I don't do blind, like just meet up and see, because I've had such trauma there too. We're doing a video chat and then you earn the bra and the lipstick. I think your idea might be even safer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I I remember I was talking to this guy on... (laughs) Um, oh it was Christian Mingle and I was like oh and it was when I was in my early 30s and I'm like this is it this is the guy but he lived in Tennessee so I'm like all right let's get on Skype and we did and within 20 minutes I was like oh no 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 (laughs) such a such a different vibe Technology is definitely good and bad when it comes to dating because I think it opens up people that live in rural areas, perhaps, 
or that maybe have a work schedule where they can't necessarily get out to events and things like that. It opens you up to people that you may never meet otherwise. And I'm not out. I I don't really go out, out a lot. So unless I'm meeting them like at the grocery store, I wouldn't. I truly think the grocery store is the the next (laughs) club. I really no, I my uncle said that to me. This was in the 80s, but he was like, the grocery store was my place because I'm very tall. And so people ask me in the grocery store all the time to like get stuff off the top shelf for them. And um he was like, I would have gone up to you and asked you to get something off the top shelf, and I would that would have been my intro to the conversation. And I was like, listen, if a guy comes up to me and like that's his pickup line, I'm gonna walk away. What a weird pickup. That's so weird. I it's so funny because I think he was like, what do you mean? I think that's a great pickup line. I don't know. I, I feel so unnatural to me. I, I feel like maybe my idea of romance is a, a stronger foundation. And I think that's maybe where I struggle. I think I would do better in a like friends to lovers situation, not to be like a book. But I think I need more of that foundation to build upon rather than you meet someone and you have to figure out within a date if Mm -hmm. it's worth your time to continue. And I really struggle with that. I don't quite know what the next step is in that sense, just because I've never really experienced it. I don't really know like what, what cues am I looking for and what am I supposed to walk away from and, and what is evidence that, yeah, maybe this could grow into something. I don't know what that looks like. So I kind of struggle with blind dating because that's honestly what dating apps are it's pretty blind you only have a little bit of information you know dating apps can make you feel so isolated and can make you feel almost more alone what is something or things that have helped you to feel less alone on this journey and even like maybe some self-care rituals that like bring you joy along the way I personally try to fill up my schedule with things that I love to do with people that I like to be around, especially through the holidays. I think what really helps me in my uh, singleness with that, when I start to feel alone or if I'm, you know, on my journey is just to have gratitude. Because I think if I think about the things that are so abundant in my life, that helps kind of with coping through the loneliness and the singleness. But I go to concerts by myself. I do solo dating a lot. I do solo traveling a lot. I love to be somewhere by myself because that gives me an opportunity to be open to talking to everyone and anyone, not just romantically, just in general. I love, I always say I've never met a stranger. I love talking to people, doing social things, helping out, volunteering. I just, I really try to like, once I start to notice that I'm getting really sad, I try to fill it up with, with things that make me happy and to kind of help me with coping and remembering what, what I do have instead of where, where I'm lacking, you know? Mm -hmm. I think I had kind of went a little bit on that vein earlier. And since it seems like it's going to be a lifelong thing, at this point, I can't imagine my life not being single. Mm. I'm almost too Mm. used to my singleness to the point where it would take one heck of a guy to make me want to give up what I have. (laughs) So for better, for worse, I've chosen to do things that make me happy. Since I've had to do it, you get better at it. You get better at going out to eat by yourself, going shopping by yourself, 
I live near the beach. So I go watch the sunset and take a walk by myself. I travel by myself. When I travel by myself, it's very much a sense of accomplishment. And the reaction that I get out of it is affirming to me as well. People are shocked by it when you travel alone. But it's very much where I get in touch with myself. And I feel so confident being able to do that alone that some of that I have to choose on you know what? You're a badass woman. When all the insecurities start pushing in, I have to think, no, you're really cool. Like you do cool stuff. You're a cool person. You've made the best out of what you have. And again, for me, having young nieces, and I also worked with kids in foster care, young adults coming out of foster care, young teenagers and girls that were looking for love in every place imaginable. So I really was able to come at them with a very different approach than most women in their lives. And they were surprised by it, but I was able to show and model for them independence, and Mm -hmm. learning to do things on your own and learning to love yourself, even though it's a struggle for me too. I mean, I'm not out teaching them to hate men. I'm just teaching them that there's so much more to you and to what may happen in your life. And you get to choose how you react to it. You really, truly do. And you can make cool choices to do really cool things. It's just... You have to get your mind there. Yeah, I feel like I, I mean, there are moments where you're lonely. There are moments that make you feel more lonely than other moments. I don't, I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head, but in general, like I live a very fulfilled life. I have family that I love. I have friends I love. I travel. I own my own house. I have a job I'm passionate about. There's nothing that I feel like, like for some horrible reason I dropped dead tomorrow. I don't think of my life as being a failure because I'm Mm -hmm. alone. So while there's moments where I'm lonely, I don't necessarily believe that like my life is not good. And, and so it's finding those, those moments and, and seeing them for the appreciation that they are, even if it's just sitting on the couch because I made dinner and I'm watching a stupid YouTube video and that's how I spent my night that's what I wanted to do that night that's how I wanted to relax Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter that it's me alone on the couch with my dog so yeah I think the moments where I'm loneliest are like probably the moments that a lot of people feel lonely in but the rest of like 98% of my life I'm very fulfilled and content and independent and happy and good it's so funny like I'll complain about being alone and then I'll have a moment just like you Becky where I'm sitting on my couch no stress no you know watching what I want doing what I want you know so grateful yeah and then I think about like logistically I don't know if I'm like trying to talk myself out of like it's you know it's you know being wanting to be in a relationship but it's like wait but so how do people actually share beds how 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 do do they share a bed can someone explain how do you actually 
So that's to me, I'm like, you know what? No, I definitely can't be with someone because I absolutely cannot even we're going to have to Lucy and Ricky this and like do separate beds or something because I'm I can't even imagine duplex. Yeah. I, I, and I'm just like, like the things that people do in relationships. I'm like, how, so you're with them all like all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> so weird to me. When like people are talking about how they're like um, dating gaps, you're like, I don't want a guy to say they, they want to go hiking. I'm not really a hiker. I'm like, he can go hiking all he wants. I'm going to sit on my couch and do what I want. Get out of my house for a bit. I, I, I'm so glad I'm not the only person that feels that way. Cause sometimes I'm like, wonder if that's sabotaging myself. No, I am fully convinced that I sabotage myself. When I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, you go on a date with someone on a Tuesday and like, if you, if it went well, you have to go on a second date. And does that mean you have to go on a second date by Saturday? That means I have to see this person twice in one week. I don't even see my family twice in one week. And you're telling me I have to see this person I've never met before. And I put that in the late bloomers um, Facebook group. And everyone was like, when you meet the right person, you want to spend all your time together. I was like, really? Is this really what it is? I honestly would love to like sit down and talk to someone who has been in like several long-term relationships, not just one person, but multiple, just pick their brain. Like, how do you do it? How do you adjust to a new person? We covered a lot in our conversation from the religious factors to dealing with external opinions, how tech plays a factor, and most importantly, how to love on and care for yourself instead of waiting for someone else to show up for you. And now that we've survived another Valentine's Day, I wondered how Tiff, Megan, and Becky show up for themselves as their own Valentines. I'm my own Valentine because I love myself the way that I want to be loved. And I give myself the love that I deserve and I'm doing my best. And I booked myself a massage and then I'm going to take myself out for a drink after. I'm going to do the whole thing because I'm my own best Valentine. Uh, I will say this tradition started pre-Beyonce and I realized that my name is Becky. So I like to get Red Lobster on Valentine's Day. This started in college. That was fancy for me in college. And so since then, I've liked to go get like shrimp scampi. I've missed the past couple of years. So I'm wanting to restart it again this year. But I like to just like treat myself to a nice dinner. I normally cook for myself. I don't like to eat out a lot or get carry out a lot. So it's a rare treat for me. I am my own Valentine because who's going to love me more than me, you know? And so I know myself and I can celebrate myself and I don't need someone else's external validation to, to feel positive about who I am. I actually love Valentine's Day. I have for years. I liked it in high school, college. I still like it. I like the decorations. I like the candy. And like what I've done, just sidebar, like one year I got my coworkers all like the kid Valentines and attached like these sparkly heart pens that had like glitter in them. They lost their minds, lost their minds. But I was like, everyone deserves to have a Valentine and to be a Valentine. My mom gives me a Valentine. I give her a Valentine. I just chose it to be a day to celebrate everybody you love because it's fun but I am my own valentine because I like my own company I love that I am a cool chick 
I'm funny and <laughs> I'm easily entertained. So I'm a cheap date. <laughs> um, I don't take a lot to entertain me. I have learned to just choose to love others on Valentine's Day and to focus on that rather than focusing on what I don't have. And it makes it an awesome, awesome, not just February 14th, but every day. On today's show, you heard me in conversation with Becky, Megan, and Tiff. This episode was scripted in part by Haley Pascalides, mastered by Sarah Gabrielli, and produced by Ella Dove, Abby Stone, and myself, Taylor Camille, along with many other hands and brains at Well and Good. As always, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share. Our theme music was created by Madeline Lakomsky and Matt DiDomenico, and our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.